Hey, hey, it's the Pretty Corrupt Podcast, your inside guide to celebrity scandals and the reality of reality TV. I'm Jordan Ross Myers, the man behind Twitter's notorious Don Gumbelson and Lee Ratswell, along with my co-hosts Stacey Noel Connor and Nate Safer. Welcome to PCP Pop Culture. Happy awards season. We want, it is officially here. Can, can you believe we've been nominated for the Podskers, the Golden Pods? <laughs> Actually, I think there is. An I don't award. even know what to say to that. I know there is some kind of like content creator one called the Webbies that's run by Rachel Zoe's husband, mm-hmm. Roger Berman. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there are like podcast awards, but um, there's like the Webbies. There's the Streamies for like YouTube stuff, th- stuff too. I don't know. There's a lot. Of, I, I don't know. I. <laughs> Yeah, I never win things anymore, so I just I've I've given up. I've I'm a loser baby, so why don't you kill me? <laughs> our our lifetime achievement award, just gonna slip that in right now, is you guys rating <laughs> is when you guys rate, review, subscribe, follow, and share. Yes. <laughs> we'll include you in our award speech. <laughs> yes. That would be my award speech. And I'd like to thank you all for <laughs> Hashtag app. But yeah, it is. I mean, we saw the, what, last week was the Golden Globes, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Last week's Golden Globes, the craziness of the Golden Globes, and the, like, disaster of joke. I, I, I heard some more. I watched some more. I feel bad because I do have, a, like, a friend who was a writer on that, on the show. But granted, if you're a writer on the show, you're not just writing jokes for the host or anything like that. You're also writing what's happening, you know, with what the presenters are saying, stuff like that. So there's a lot more to that she was writing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think, you know, Joe just did a bad job. He only had he only had like a few days, so I will give him that. But at the same time, like I said last week, like the <laughs> They chose a guy, like a stand-up comedian who's never like hosted anything besides his own stand-up special. It takes something different to like host a show where you have to interact with other people and you have to play to other people who aren't your crowd. Like that's a very different and specific set. And and I'm not and I don't agree with Kevin Hart on on a lot of stuff, but I actually agree with him on this that I do think that award shows do set up comedians for failure. I do think it's very hard for them to win at that because especially at like the golden globes where it really is just like playing into the industry inside of the industry and you really can't appease people that way. So yeah, I think it's really tough, but I, but at the same time, I don't think that Joe Coy had the chops to do it period. Cause when you start yelling at the audience, that was funny. no, 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 no. Yeah, I caught on TMZ today, uh, David Spade was asked about mm-hmm. it. And he was like, he would never do it. Yep. It's a lose. It's There's no upside. Mm-hmm. The stakes are really high. You're on a national platform. And even if you do well, you get a minor applause, but you stumble, the whole country hates you. Mm-hmm. It's really not. There isn't a win. That's a good point you made, though, about how a stand-up versus someone who interacts. Because, like, Jimmy Kimmel is a seasoned talk show host. And exactly. he 
handles the Oscars the biggest one really smoothly, but he's used to interacting and playing the different types of people. Mm-hmm. Joe Coy went from, I guess his only experience is a Chelsea Handler panel 12 years ago on E. I mean, yeah, I honestly, mean, I mean, his biggest claim to fame, in my opinion, is being Chelsea husband, Chelsea, Chelsea Handler's ex-boyfriend. Like, like I, there's a lot of reasons I feel like that's the way he got the gig. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, we can't, we can't hire Chelsea for whatever reason, or maybe she turned it down. I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but you know, she hosted a show and you know, Ellen DeGeneres hosted a show. Jimmy Kimmel hosted a show. Like they, they knew how to enter. They were, they're all comedians. Mm -hmm. They're all stand up comedians and people who started off in stand up comedy who then like hosted shows and know how to run shows and know how to get an audience on their side. Not every joke's going to be a winner or anything like that, but, mm-hmm. but Joe Coy just, does, he just, he just doesn't have the chops or the experience to host a show like that. So I think he should have said, no, he should have said, screw you guys. <laughs> like when you're a stand up, the entire performance is you everything Mm -hmm. centers around you but when you're on a talk show or hosting a talk show there's a lot more um interaction and coordination and things you have to keep in mind you have to balance a lot of things and i think joe Mm -hmm. coy treated it like a stand-up special Mm -hmm. and he was like heckling the audience who happened to be very famous people yeah well it wasn't about the nominees as much Mm -mm. and then i saw and this is a point that I would not have thought of, but I'm also not Asian, but it was an Asian content creator who was making this comment. So I want to preface that. It was an Asian content creator commenting on Joe Coy's performance and was saying, and I believe this content creator is a comedian as well. And she was saying that his failure pointed out because in his in his stand-up act he does a lot of imitating his own family so it's it, so he uses a lot of like imitating a korean accent and, and stuff like that so she was saying that when you don't have those characters to fall back on and those accents to fall back on and that's that's the basis of your comedy then you're not funny you can't host a show like that and so that's what she was saying. It just pointed out the weakness of mm. his comedy, that it's just basically always one level. It's always about using an accent yeah. and using using that. Now, this is what this content creator said. I am not personally saying I'm repeating what she said. And I'm also, you know, but yeah. But I thought that was an interesting point because I was like, oh, yeah. Is if you if you're only known for doing one thing and then you're put on the a stage like that, and you're you're meant in you're not allowed to do that one thing that you're really good at, you're gonna fail. Yeah. Unless you're amazing and nobody knew it, but that's not the case here. It didn't work for him. And he's been since he's done a stand-up act, his regular, and he seems bitter about it. And he does mm-hmm. seem to be making some excuses. Mm-hmm. He seems a little he seems a little hurt. I think because mm-hmm. I remember the morning before the show, before the Golden Globes, he was on KTLA, which is our local big, LA's big local news station, mm-hmm. and they have an entertainment. And he was telling Sam Rubin, like, I was watching, you know, he's really excited. He's representing his people, the Filipino people, and the representation and all this, which is good. I get what he meant, like more um, entertainment opportunities and exposure representation for um his people and stuff 
But I I didn't see anyone really rooting for him after his performance. <laughs> I saw actually some um, Asian uh, people some Asian content creators who said live, they were live posting. Don't let him, don't let him take us down. (laughs) Like they were semi joking, semi playing with the public. Like, please, no, no, he does not represent us all. Don't close doors on me because of him. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, They're like, please. It wasn't the the greatest (laughs) success. No, he doesn't. They were distancing themselves from him as he was performing. Well, and especially when it was such a big night for Asian performers, too. Because, you know, because Beef won big at the Golden Globes. So, and that's been overshadowed. Like, because everybody's talking about how poor Joe Coy's performance was. Nobody's talking about how Ali Wong won a Golden Globe, how Beef won, Mm -hmm. how, and I don't, because I didn't watch Beef, um, or at least I haven't watched it yet. Her co-star one as well, and it, I don't know his name. I think his name Ben something. Um, please don't come at me. Um, but it was just—it was a big night for, and like, uh, and now everybody can. All they can do is talk about. See, I'm I'm one of them. See, I think it's I'm probably, just as bad. It's, it's probably better as an award show host to play it a little safe. Don't try to. Don't try to make it all about you shock value and stuff because like like they've been saying kevin hart and david spade there's only a downside to that you won't be rewarded even if it's great Mm -hmm. but you will be destroyed if it goes badly so i think playing it kind of like look thinking about oscars house who's it been billy crystal steve steve martin one of them I think he did um, I know one. Billy Crystal, Jimmy Kimmel, like the classics. And they're, you know, play it a little safe in the end. Mm-hmm. You either play it safe or you get destroyed. They don't reward heroes at award shows. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, well, and then we have the Emmys happening tomorrow because we're recording this Sunday and Monday. It, it seems a little wrong. That they're having the Emmys on MLK <laughs> Junior Day. Like, oh, didn't they used to be in September? Well, because the writer strike, it was they couldn't like have it the Emmys. Were, oh, okay, that's why. Yeah, because I was like the Emmys and the Oscars were at two different times a year. I always knew it was like mm-hmm. in late in the fall, late summer. Yeah, yeah, and then we'll have an Emmys another Emmys awards in, in the fall this year again. So we'll have two in one year, but yeah, we didn't have them in the fall. In fact, that's why I was so like the other weekend, I got really confused because some friends were going to Emmys stuff and I was like, wait a minute, what? And then, and then all of a sudden I realized I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's now because of the writer strike and Anthony Anderson is hosting that. But a bunch of my friends were at the creative arts Emmys for, Mm. for casting and in fact, um, finally, finally, RuPaul's Drag Race did not win for casting. And it was the Traders won for casting. And all mm. four of the women who won are friends Peacock. of mine so that I've worked for. So, yeah, or worked with. So, yeah, oh. that was exciting to watch them win. Yeah. Have Okay, I have a question. If you've spoken to them since... Did they happen to mm-hmm. see a tweet from someone who was also taking credit for their for their Emmy win? 
<laughs> so it was the traders. Um, I don't think so. And it was a, a, a friend of the podcast, a friend of BCP, Brandy Glanville, <laughs> tweeted. <laughs> Essentially, it was her award in her mind. And she wrote, amazing. Congrats to everyone involved. You're welcome. And she tagged NBC, the <laughs> Emmys, traders. <laughs> I love Brandy. Well, well, the thing is, is that, I mean, the casting team, that casting team didn't cast Brandy. That was a different, that was, a you know, a talent, <laughs> a, you know, celebrity talent team that went out and got them. So that casting team worked on getting mm. the normal people, the regular people, you know, the people who won the money and stuff like that. So that's, that's what they yeah. cast. Um, but yeah, but, but, but Aaron Tomazello, who, 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 who spoke, she was, the, she did thank everybody as they, they possibly could. So. <laughs> I did like but, yeah. how she said but that, you're welcome. But, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, but that that's the creative arts Emmys, which is pretty much all the below the line stuff. And I had a friend who was like, why can't they just do like all of the Emmys all in the same day? I go, cause it would take two days. I was like, because there's so many mm -hmm. different categories, like even the creative arts Emmys, it's not a full, it's not a packed like house. Like people come in and come out like when they know they're about to like, when it's around their time of their categories, it was like, because like, you've got like lighting direction, you've got sound editing, you've got casting, you've got this, you've got that. Like it's, it is hundreds of categories. Like that, that's what you've got nominations for. So yeah, no, like you just get one night for the fun people and that's, that gets televised and, and even that still takes three freaking hours. So, yeah. I wonder how they, I wonder, like, they get the same, they don't get the same parties, do they? And, like, the creative arts. I don't know how it works. Well, I mean, I know how the awards show works, but, like, I wonder if the gift bags are the same, if they're prejudiced towards the ones who aren't, like, making a million dollars an episode. I don't know if the, creative arts Emmys winners get to go to the big party afterwards of like on after the big night. Cause they have their own party. Now they have their own mm. party. They have like the governor's awards party. So oh, okay. like that's, they, they have their own like kind of like there's a pre party Emmy party. And then there's the creative arts Emmys, um, uh, th that ceremony. And there's a party there too. So I think that's separate. I don't think, I think there might be only a couple of like crossover people, like people who win, like um, Nick Offerman won um, best actor for his role in all of us or the last of us. Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. I'm not keeping anything straight. So he, and it's, it's the best, it's like best guest actor. Um, and so he won. So he will, he might be at, he might be, I'm not sure. We'll just have to see. Cause some years the, those winners are at the Emmys, the televised Emmys, um, ceremony, handing out another award to somebody else. Sometimes they're not, I don't know. We'll see. So, so sometimes they get to go, but, but that's because they're actors though. So. Speaking of the stars aligning, but I'm bum ching. Look at me being all Joe Coy about this. 
Anything new in the astrology front? Why, yes, Jordan, there is. We know how well it went for Joe Coy, right? right. Maybe he should have. <laughs> maybe he should have talked to his astrologer before deciding to say yes to the Golden Globes. Um, well, I need his chart, but anyway, um, if you're not into astrology, that's fine. Just fast forward through this, but just don't bitch and complain when shit goes wrong in your life. And I would have told you about it months beforehand. Anywho, this is a big week. A lot of people might know, even if they're not really into astrology, just because people are talking about it. But on Saturday, not only does the sun move into Aquarius, so it becomes Aquarius season. So happy, happy birthday, Aquarians, but it. Pluto also moves into Aquarius, kind of officially. Uh, now, Pluto spends, Pluto is what they call a generational planet. It spends many, 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 many years in signs. And right now it's spending, it's about to spend one of its longest times, which is 20 years in Aquarius. And we got a tiny little taste of it back last spring. It popped in for like a month and then it popped back out. But I say it's like officially moving in now because it's going to spend most of the year in Aquarius. It'll pop back into Capricorn for just a couple of months um, towards the end of the year and then pop back into Aquarius where, where it will stay until 2044. So 20 years in the sign of Aquarius. And what does that mean? Well, just to give you an idea, when it popped Aquarius tends to be the sign of like technology and social groups and change and things that happen fast. And also, um, oh, I just lost what I was going to say, but it'll come back to me again. But on the technology front, when, when it popped in, when Pluto popped into Aquarius back last year, that's when everything exploded with AI and talking about chat GPT and like people getting a little crazy, like us all finding out how far AI had come and some people going, Hey, maybe we should pull back on this because Pluto is the planet of transformation of tearing stuff down. It's the, of the underworld. Um, it's kind of, if you ever, uh, if you're into tarot cards it's like the tower card in tarot it's like it's gonna really dig deep into stuff and upset it's gonna it's gonna overturn the apple cart in your life and depending on what house it is in your chart it also is gonna upturn certain things like that so like for you jordan for the next 20 years for like, the next 20 years which is a long time so are there some people for the next 20 years they're screwed uh, could be, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'll give you, I'll give you an idea. So, um, Pluto moved into Capricorn um, back in uh, two thousand and eight, which is like the house of like social networks, older siblings. Um, uh, well, well, no, for me, for me, it was my eleventh house. So that's social networks. Um, older siblings. Um, it's also a money house. It tends to be the house. They call it the house of good fortune. Um, and, or is it good spirit? Um, but it tends, but it, and it's also a money house. Cause usually you like can, you usually it's the house where you make money. Yeah. The house of good spirit. Um, it's the house. It's the second house from your 
career house. So it's usually the house where you make money from your career. Well, Pluto moved into that for me and my <laughs> careers like and my money started just going topsy-turvy when it came to all of that stuff. Um, and I, also my social networks and groups changed a lot too, where they had been pretty stable for a long time before that. They changed a lot. Um, and, you know, some, some I just kind of not necessarily fell out with, but just kind of like, I kind of realized we're not in the same place. We're not going the same place in our lives. And we just kind of like fell out that those type of things happen. Um, but I would say money-wise and money from career, definitely just like it, I've been through the ringer and I've also had a couple other different like movements that have, that have done that as well. I had Uranus in my second house, which is your earned income from like work and stuff like that. But like you, but, it, it, but it's not always bad though, because I think I found like different networks of people and friends and, and stuff like that. And also it taught me a lot about like how to like stay stable and figure out how to handle my money, um, how to be more resourceful when it came to, career of how many different types of jobs I needed to have, things like that. So it's moving into your first house, Jordan, because you're an Aquarius rising. And so that is like going to, it's going to change you as a person fundamentally. No. <laughs> like, look, you may give up smoking in the next 20 years. <laughs> but like, could that be because it killed me? <laughs> is it? Like, it could so be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> but no. at the same time, you might just realize like stuff might, might change in your life. Mm. You just realize you're like, this isn't what I want. This is, mm. this isn't what I need. Things like I that. Would, speaking um, of like the money part and everything, I would mm -hmm. be, I, I would have a lot more money if I didn't smoke. <laughs> just going yeah. to say that. Yeah. I mean, I started, yeah. I had a lot more cash in my pocket when I started, when I stopped smoking. <laughs> it was kind of <laughs> nice. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, so, but for everybody personally, it'll hit them a little different depending on what the rising sign is, but collectively it will, I think we'll start hearing a little bit more about AI, electric vehicles, things like that. Anything on the technology bench, um, now like still top down structures, Stuff like that. Um, Maybe Elon Musk will go to prison. It sounds like an upheaval of everything Elon Musk is into. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I'd like, I should get my hands on his chart. But yeah, like anything you think, the way you think that area of your life is going, it's probably going to get turned on its head at some point. And also depending on what like planets or like points that you have, like you're an Aquarius rising at 10 degrees. It's going to take a few years, but you're going to have, um, you're going to have Pluto hitting your ascendant. Exactly. So that's really going to, that's when I think that you would probably quit smoking because you're really going to change like the idea of who you are, like something fundamentally about you is going to change. And, and around that time too, like right before that, you're going to have a Pluto square Pluto. So your natal Pluto in Sagittarius is going to square or no, and Scorpio is going to square um, Pluto in, um, in Aquarius. And that's, that again is like a bunch of upheaval in your life too. Cause I had, I, I had Pluto I square Pluto when it was in Capricorn. And so, I yes. I yeah. I only like Mo I only for me, like it was money for me. It was a lot about money for you. It's going to be about your like identity. It's going to be like where you come from. 
things like that. I don't. I know like, I'm scaring like you. Change. You don't like it. Yeah, I but it could like be. But it could be things. good change. What if it means that you get a makeover and you get like a bigger house and you get more money and stuff like that? Oh well, see, you didn't. You're telling me maybe it's just I take change as a threat, but that sounds nice. Yes, you do. You have to. You, you have take, to put it in terms of things I understand. I have to spoon feed it to you. Like here comes the choo choo. <laughs> like. <laughs> It could be that so yeah, you- change, isn't, cha- change is inevitable. Change is going to happen. Um, but the, like the change here, like with Pluto, and, but also people are like, like on the 20th, stuff isn't just necessarily going to go kaboom and like everything changes for everybody at every time. Like it's all independent, but like, and usually people are different 20 years apart, but at the same time, some people don't change. Some people never change, but I think a lot of people- are going to change fundamentally, especially if Aquarius is your rising sign. I think Aquarius rising people are really going to change a lot. So I'm going to process this as I will no longer be flying anymore, but that's because I'm going to have a yacht. So I like this idea. Of okay. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. But I think people... I feel I don't know if I did a very good job of explaining it. I mean, there's just so much, and I'm just trying to explain something in about trying to do it in less than ten minutes. But, <laughs> but this is a generational change. People are like Pluto was just in Capricorn for like six, 16, 17 years. It was in Sagittarius for about like fourteen, fifteen years. It was in Scorpio for like ten to twelve. Um, it, it's not always it's not evenly spaced. I'm a, I'm a Pluto and Libra generation that was only there, I think for about like 10 years maybe. Um, but it's because of Pluto's elliptical orbit. So it'll stay in Pi Once it moves to Pisces, it'll be there for like, I think 25 years. And I think that's the longest amount of time it's in a sign. Um, so it'll be there. I will, it will, it will not hit my ascendant because my ascendant's at the end of Pisces. Um, I will be dead by then. So, uh, mm. which is okay by me because um, I'll probably watch your it hit your ascendant and I'll go, I don't want that. Well, I was just thinking, like, you know, like, can I change this? Like, okay, okay, if it's like hitting my rising, like, I'm picturing like a settings, like an account settings. I'm like, can I go through and like click over, like turn off, turn on, like different things? <laughs> I can't. I was just like, no, a little like panicky. this is my thing. Like nothing. There's always free will. There's always free will. It's mm. how you handle it. It's gonna come. The change is gonna come, but it's how you handle it, and it's how you grow mm. through it. So that's the thing. Like I think because you're an Aquarius rising and you're a Leo, you're fucking fixed as fuck. Like you're a fixed sign. So you don't like change very much. And that's no, so freaking evident. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's why we have to spoon feed you stuff. Um, but yeah, so fixed signs, it's going to be re- fixed signs. The change is going to be very tough, but the rewards are really great on the end. Like who you could be in 20 years could be who you've always dreamt you were going to be. If that makes mm. sense. Like, as I long like as you that. can take these changes in stride and understand that this is like the foundation and the building blocks for the prime of your life. Hmm. That sounds, yeah. that sounds better. 
All I heard was upheaval, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. Not listening. <laughs> nope. Sticking no. my, my fingers in my ears. Nope. You're like, technology, well, I'm like, fine, of- I'm going back to my space. I'll <laughs> <laughs> just take you back to Friendster. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've decided to do some change, though, too. I was like, let's take this all. I'm not taking aging in stride anymore. Um, I went out to dinner with a friend who's in town. And afterwards, she was like, let's take a picture. And I was like, okay. And then she had a stand in the worst lighting ever. And it, That's not a it, real she took this picture. I, I know I'm questioning my friendship with her. And if she hears this, she's on notice. Actually, she's already on notice because she posted said picture on right. Instagram. See, and that's where down. <laughs> that is such a, okay, good, good. I'm glad you stood your ground on that. That is something like Vicki Gundelson does. does or Ramona Singer does to other friends and housewives. They post very bad I made her take it down and friends. I gave her, you know, I face zapped myself. I just need it because the lighting was so bad. I had, I looked old. Like I looked old. I, I'm not even like I share almost everything with you and Nate. I would not share this picture with you guys. Like mm. that's how bad it was. Like I was like, no, I'm not sharing it with you. Like I just lightly face zapped. I just had to like take out some of like my wrinkles on my forehead and around my eyes. But that made me go all of a sudden I go, I have to get Botox. I was like, the time has come. I've made it 46 years. I said I wouldn't get it, but I'm sorry. I have an Elizabethan-sized forehead. Like, it's huge. <laughs> and I and I have expressive eyes, and I want to try to make sure I don't lose too much of that while losing these wrinkles, but I need to lose these wrinkles. Like, I'm doing every, I wear sunscreen every day. I do everything that I need to do, but I think it's time. And so I... I, I Texted my friend who is a plastic surgeon, Dr. Jennifer Cagle here in Los Angeles. She's an amazing plastic surgeon. And I was like, um, I've seen this horrible picture of myself and I've decided I finally need Botox. So I'm coming in this week. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm going to go get it. And I'm going to get it this week. And next week we'll see how surprised I looked. <laughs> they have some. I mean, I've always been tempted because I like that stuff. You know, I don't take Exempic, but I dream of it just because... Just that's what the cool people mm-hmm. do. So I want to do it. Um, and they do it. I know, obviously, obviously you're not a guy. I don't need to explain that, but I do remember looking at one treatment called Brotox, which is just regular Botox, but mm-hmm. in like minimal subtle, because you were talking about not wanting to change too much of your expression. It was basically like yeah. minimal amounts, like very, it wasn't, it wasn't to look like a housewife or, you know, it was just to like, cause I'm always like people mm-hmm. do it. The idea is to underdo it a little. So you, people don't know that you've had it. Yeah. Ish. Exactly. It's exactly I wouldn't what it, like, have that luck. Fillers scare me. I don't really want fillers, mm. but yeah, I wouldn't have that but, luck. Cause but it'd like, be like, Botox, I want like everyone, okay. I want everyone to look at me and know how much I spent and how cool I am. So I would look frozen. Like, um, I'd end up like Mama Elsa and I'd be so proud of it too. So like from like, <laughs> so that frozen, <laughs> distorted, I'd probably start getting lip injections. No, like- I've never had any of that, but no, oh I am a gosh. little jealous. I want to follow along on your journey. 
You can I'll, be, you I'll, can maybe be the I'll, guinea uh, pig. Maybe I'll like, yeah, maybe I'll social media it for you. I was like, I'm getting my first Botox. We'll see how this is. Like, mm. Look, look, because I decide? can like make my eyebrows dance. So, oh, like, and I like that, but that will probably go partially away. Yeah. But, well, if I have a smooth forehead, then okay. It's the price of beauty. I didn't think I would. I didn't think I'd ever reach this point. I was like, no, I'm going to grow old gracefully, and now I'm kind of like, mm, well, just a certain amount of grace, but maybe a certain <laughs> amount of Botox too. <laughs> fillers scare me, so I'm not really into fillers. I was like, let's just save up for the lower facelift. <laughs> like you know, I will say, I do know people who are like who've had a lot of plastic surgery and they get all that stuff. And like some of them are pretty famous faces and they um, have, they always warn against fillers. They're like, Botox is cool. Mm -hmm. Be careful with it. But they were like, they said like, I've tried fillers. I I let them go. Like I I never hear people very happy in the long run about their fillers, but they're like, Botox is great. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I think once you start doing fillers, that's where that's where people start looking at you. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, think of Kylie Jenner. Like, everybody's like, "What happened to you?" To you, and also, like, she's so young. It's it. Fillers are there to replace lost facial volume from growing old because we just lose face volume as we grow old. Or like from severe weight loss, stuff like that. Like I was talking with a girl this today and I was like, we we're talking about how I was like, I like being thinner in my body, but my face, even though I don't like how chubby it kind of gets, I do like when it's a little fuller because I don't have these like laugh lines as much. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. fills out my face like when I'm a little when I'm a little heavier, which is better in that sense. But mm-hmm. you get too thin and you're like, mm. that's why I won't have that buckle fat removal, even though I like it's just too much. It's too extreme. Yeah. That doesn't look good. And fillers really, that's, I think that's the slippery stuff. I think a lot of people mistake when they criticize people, like look at how much Botox they have. I think what they're criticizing often is the fillers because those together give you that bad housewife's face, that bad, that, that Jenner face where your people are staring at Mm -hmm. you in the store, the airport. Like yikes! Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I don't know. I always think about it. I did sign up for it once, and I never went. It was something like first time, like two hundred dollars or three hundred dollars worth free. I ended up not going, but they still. This was like two years ago. I don't do Groupon plastic surgery. I'm like, no. Okay. I'll probably get jealous of you and then need to do it. You know how it will work? I'll be like, fine. If That's she great. Has it, but I'll send you to my doctor. I'll send you to my friend and she won't, she'll probably give you a discount. Well, I, I'm, I shouldn't speak for her. She'll <laughs> help you out. But, she, but she won't be, do you know what I mean? Like, this is the thing. Don't pay, don't get bargain basement Groupon plastic surgery. Cause you'll get what you pay for. Like even like it, even with like, you know, injectables and stuff like that. You don't mm-hmm. need to pay out of your ass though, because sometimes you're just overpaying for like nothing. It's like, no, like you want to, you want to pay the like middle class or upper middle class price. That's mm-hmm. what you want to pay. That's, that's what you want to pay in, in, yeah. in that. So yeah. The, yeah. 
We'll see. You know what could mm -hmm. really help us on our plastic surgery journey? It won't cost you guys anything, but to what? share the love. <laughs> Make us feel pretty. And the way you can do that is if you rate, review, subscribe, and share. Pretty Corrupt Podcast. You can hit us up on Instagram and TikTok at Pretty Corrupt Podcast, on Twitter at Pretty Corrupt One. And of course, on those, you can find links to all our individual accounts, Stacey, Nate's, and mine. And when we say share, we mean anyone, your, um, your esthetician, your plastic surgeon, your... I don't even know your mistress, the person. Malpractice attorney. Yeah, malpractice attorney, the person sitting next to you <laughs> at the Emmys or the person bringing you your drink at the after party. Doesn't matter. Get the word out. And speaking of which, if you haven't listened, remember we have two episodes. And so there is also out today the Bravo Breakdown. Make sure to check that one out. And we will see you next week. Cause, cause, cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.